You're listening to the awesome Podcast Network. This is 80s Revisited. I'm your producer, Jesse Sedgley. And now, your host, Trey Harris. Your Honor, I've been a policeman for 12 years. And I think it's the best organization in the country. At times, I've been accused of being too aggressive and taking criminals off the street. Well, if that's a sin, then I guess I'm guilty. All the cops I've worked with are good cops. You are. Doing a tough job. And I only hope that the outcome of this trial is such that the whole department is not judged by what has transpired here. Thank you. Do you have anything to add, Mr. Cash? Yeah. No. No, no. Yeah. No. Mr. Tango has uh, spoken very eloquently. And I wish I could be as forgiving. But I can't because (coughs) this whole thing sucks. I mean, this is the biggest problem. Kurt Russell, telling it like it is. You can always count on him. Our hero, our saint, Saint Russell. As we are here on 80s Revisited, I'm your host, Trey Harris. With me as always, my loyal producer, my own Kurt Russell, Cash from iTango, Jesse Sedgley. This fucking sucks. <laughs> but I thought you liked doing this. That's why it's your house and we're doing yes, it. Yes, I am. But that's right. Tango and Cash, December 22nd, 1989. IMDb says a 6.3, which for some reason is lower than the score for the Warcraft movie. And Rotten Tomatoes, 33% critics, 52% audience. For, forever. <laughs> Any movie I see that's not that I like that's not higher <laughs> that's than Warcraft a is a fail uh, on IMDb's part. This right. one did have some budget info. $55 million estimated. Opened at 6.6. Uh, it opened at number two for the week. Uh, number one was actually National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, which was number one for the second week in a row. Mm. Uh, it went on to domestically grow $63.4 million, worldwide $67.6, and rentals an additional $30.1. So overall, it did make its money back. Not sure why we never got a Tango and Cash again film. I like when, I like when sequels don't add a number. They do like that, like, you know. Yeah. They add like uh, the twin sequel. Supposed to be like twins again or triplets. Yeah, triplet. You know, something that fits thematically with the movie. So what would this be? Tango and Cash and, and somebody. Bennett. Else. And Bennett. <laughs> or Murdoch. <laughs> Throw in like Schwarzenegger or something. Yeah, it'd <laughs> Get be Bruce some, Willis. some hero in <laughs> Something <Matrix>. like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It'd be great. It'd be great. I mean, we have Tango these million dollar ideas. Matrix. Bigger trouble in Little China. <laughs> I mean, come on. That's Why are these things not happening? They so said they want to remake Escape from New York. No. Need the third one before they get too old and dead. Let Snake go out with a bang. Although I did read this, touching back to last weekend, it's Kurt Russell related, that uh, uh, the uh, I don't know if you saw the movie Lockdown with Guy Pierce. No, it's no uh, a few years ago. It's actually really good. I thoroughly enjoyed it. But a lot of people say, if, you know, since we're never going to get Escape from Earth now, the third tr- uh, in the trilogy, just pretend that movie's Escape from Earth and that, that's <laughs> Snake Plissken. Because it's very just similar pretend. in plot. Yeah, uh, But Lockdown... I'm a big Guy Pierce fan. I think he's a great actor. Uh, I remember seeing this cover. But uh, the mo- Lockout's really good. It's a good action film. Very underrated. I think uh, good a director was... Oh, no. I thought it was Luke Besson for some reason. Never mind. My bad. But anyway, uh, Tango and Cash, directed by uh, Andre 
Konchalovsky. Uh, he made a lot of TV movies. And again, he's the, he's the credited director for it. Uh, this movie had a lot of uh, director trouble, which we'll get into that later. It was written by Randy Feldman, who uh, also wrote the Eddie Murphy film Metro and the Van Damme hit Nowhere to Run. Mm. Uh, and starring our hero, our saint, St. Kurt. Kurt Russell as Gabriel Cash. Of course, Overboard from last week, The Thing, Escape from New York, L.A., Hateful Eight, Big Trouble in Little China, etc., etc. And also, another veteran of the podcast, the great Sylvester Stallone, one of the holy trilogy of action stars as Ray Tango. I love these names, Gabriel Cash, Ray Tango. <laughs> They're so cheesily, like, you know, yeah, yeah, this whole movie is, has such, uh, we'll get into that in a second, let me finish yeah. this. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, of course, Rocky, Rambo, Expendables, Demolition Man, list goes on for him. And I forgot she was in this, but the absolutely gorgeous Terry Hatcher in yeah, her prime. As Catherine, of course, Lois and Clark, Desperate House, Housewives. Uh, most people these days know her. God, she was, I, forgot, I forgot how gorgeous she was in this film. I was like, oh yeah, she's in this. I totally had a crush on her in this film. Uh, uh, also, Jack Palance as Yves. Of course, uh, the original, or the Michael Keaton Batman, City Slickers. Of course, he passed away. But uh, fun fact about my wife, as I'm watching this, the second Jack Palance comes on, stream, on screen, she goes, I am ter-, and as serious as she could be, I am terrified of that man. Just made me bust out laughing. She said, that man frightens me. I was like, well, what's scary about him? He's just terrifying. Wait, which guy? Jack Palance. Oh, okay. Because well, I mean, really? I, well, I mean, weird. I always think of him in City Slickers as Curly. Cause he yeah, was, yeah, that's what, me but, too. But you know, when you see him in this or you think about him in Batman, he's like, ah, oh, yes. No, I always <sighs> think Curly's gold. Yeah. <laughs> Great actor no longer with us. And if you read his bio, genuine badass Jack Palance was. <laughs> I think he was a, like a veteran and like boxer and all sorts of stuff. But he was a he was a he lived he was an actual badass motherfucker. Mm. Uh, the late uh, Byron James as Requin, uh, most notably, I always remember him from Blade Runner and The Fifth Element. Also, he was an enemy mine, and he's not English as he talks in this film, which bugged me. We can tell <laughs> so much because, like, as I'm watching, okay, he's, yeah, uh, I, I didn't, it, I, didn't I had to make good. sure. I was like, I know he's not English. This, oh, I know. This it's Cockney like accent, his mouth. <laughs> accent is so bad. Why would he possibly be doing this accent if he's not, unless he had, you know, he was doing it? It was pretty bad. And then when I researched it, of course, he's not English, born in California. But uh, we'll get into the trivia of that later. But I think it was the director is just like, yeah, good job. We like that accent. Or no, it was Stallone. Stallone was like, yeah, that works for the villain. That makes him seem a little different. Do that accent. Ugh. Ugh. One of the worst. Byron James, you're great in Blade Runner and Fifth Element. Yeah, but the, yeah. the ac- And you're great in this, except for your accent. Just it's your just voice. terrible. You're not Michael Caine. Yes. Uh, neither am I, for that matter, but we all know that's true. Uh, also starring the great James Hong as Quan. Of course, he was also in Big Trouble in Little China. Uh, I put WW2. What the fuck was... Oh, Wayne's World 2. <laughs> <laughs> he was Cassandra's father who had that great kung fu scene with uh, yeah. Wayne uh, and also uh, the dad in Kung Fu Panda but James Hong has been in everything yeah. he uh, Jesse put up 414 credits mm-hmm. he is in everything and practically. counting also Blade Runner as well second Blade Hunter veteran he was the one whom I made your eyes yeah. that guy yeah. uh, Michael Pollard was Owen uh, he was also in Bonnie and Clyde but most notably he was uh, in Scrooge uh, the bum in the, uh, that freezes to death He's like, do Richard III, do Richard III, that guy. Mm. Uh, and Robert Zadar was aptly named Face. Who was he? The dude with the big fucking face. Yeah. Uh, most notably, though, you'll re- remember he, or 80s fans might remember that he was the star of the Maniac Cop series, which if you yeah. haven't seen, are extremely hilarious, bad, bad, B, almost C-level movies. 
but enjoyable if you like that kind of stuff like I do. Bruce Campbell's in there. So overall, a really great cast, to be perfectly honest. Uh, Some great character actors, some great real actors, and Kurt Russell, what more do you need? Excuse me. Uh, Two-sentence synopsis, two hotshot cops with opposite methods get framed. They break out of prison and clear their names. And that was sort of a rhyme. That could be the Tango and Cash, you know, ballad of Tango and Cash. Hmm. If only I could play an acoustic guitar. I could, I could write that. a little ditty. Maybe we'll work on that in the future. You know, a musical project. <laughs> nah, we won't. But if somebody out there wants to do it and send it to us, we'll play it. <laughs> but anyway, uh, this is a film. I didn't, uh, of course, again, this released the tail end of the 80s. In fact, this is the last, there was other films released this weekend, but this is the last notable film of the 80s. This is the swan song of 80s cinema. The last great 80s film that was actually made in the 80s. Put it that way. Wow. Uh, and it's... It, the thing is, you can, and watching it and knowing that, and I uh, highly suggest, you know, watch it again if you haven't seen it in a while, and just know that this is, this is the end of the 80s, going into the 90s. And you see kind of where movies kind of went, action movies went with this one, but you also see the 80s movies' influence, obviously, in it, because you got Kurt Russell and Sylvester Stallone teaming up, you know, and Stallone's playing like the straight, clean, super smart guy, and Russell's playing, you know, basically Mel Gibson from Lethal Weapon. <laughs> Who, so. which is a role he was offered but turned it down. Mm. So he's basically playing the part that he would have played in Lethal Weapon, which would have been fantastic. Mm. But I like Mel Gibson in Lethal Weapon, so history can stay the same. The timeline doesn't need to change for that. But uh, this movie is still so much fun. Uh, and one of the things about it, too, like, it doesn't take itself seriously. It knows it's like a buddy cop type film, yeah. and it succeeds immensely in that, in my opinion. Of course, I'm a little biased because, again... Kurt Russell and Stallone, and also I think this is an, it's, it's an, this is an often forgotten '80s action movie. Uh, and again, I mean, when you, when you talk about action movies, if somebody gave me a t- list of the, the greatest action movies ever, every one of them should be from the '80s, except like Terminator 2 and Mad Max Fury Road. All the other ones are debatable. Uh, you know, you have to explain to me why it's on there. I could count point counterpoint type thing. Well, I mean, the graphics in Warcraft. Oh, they're incredible. Hey, wow. It, it looked like it was made in the 80s. <laughs> yeah. Not really. Just, uh, yeah. Uh, okay. I don't. Sore subject. Sore subject. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, just the, my only complaint with the film is that a lot of the one liners don't work. There's a lot of flat. Uh, some of the zingers kind of fall flat, mainly mm. Stallone's. Yeah. Because I think he's just trying to play a sort of character that's almost like a dweeb. Yeah. And it just <laughs> it doesn't work dweeb. with him. Not that he did a bad job, but like, you know, Kurt Russell's being the wisecracker, loose and he's cannon. Cooler. Yeah. yeah. And you know, so. And Stallone's supposed to be the cool one, though, as well. Like, you know, I'm rich, I'm successful, but Kurt Russell's the badass. <laughs> he still, came off know? as it's a like, dweeb to me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and uh, the glasses he wears, those are his real glasses. Like, oh, wow. Like his actual, like, they're not. His real prob- dork glasses. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, you know. I want to but, stick his head in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also sort of the charm of the film because you have Rambo. And that joke in the beginnings is still hilarious to me. Yeah. Where like he stops eighteen wheeler, which is a reference to a Jackie Chan movie, a police story, I believe, uh, where he stops and like, who do you think you are, Rambo? Yeah. You know, and he's actually talking to Rambo. So yeah, there's some. There's a, it's got a meta joke in it. It's hilarious. I know, but it's one of those that you're like, ha ha. It, ha. it is a groaner, but at the same <laughs> time, it's awesome. It, in eighty in nineteen eighty nine, it's awesome. Uh, but anyway, uh, it's. This it's prison just, is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> What's well, the same? It's the trope. Like, oh, you're framed. You're going in the jail with all the people that you put away. And, and you know, know we're going to lock you it's up. It's like, 
Are we to the discussion part yet? <laughs> yes, yes. We're, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> this prison, you saw it too. Yes, I did. But oh man, this prison is just like, why are they in prison if they basically have control of the whole thing? Yeah. It's like, why are we here? Let's just go. It's well, like, no, we're going to hold it in case we want to torture cops when they show up. Yeah, well, you know, the, 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 the elaborate plot of all that, and then we're not going to kill you. We're going to, like, yeah, it has to seem like an accident or there'll be martyrs. Right. Okay, but you could still kill them, and you, since you're in control, you can do, you can say whatever you want happened. They got killed in a riot, or, you know, people, like, you know, whatever. They, they, it, it was, oh for the plot, God. for, the, for the, the tongue-in-cheek plot it is, they do overthink it. No kidding. You know? I thought the prison part was just, I know that's where they, they're supposed to go because that's like what the whole description of the movie is that, uh, you know, two cops are framed and must clear their names. Oh, wait, they stole my rhyme. Or I guess great minds think alike, IMDb. Or maybe I saw it and subconsciously it? wrote it. Yeah. Did you already say it? Oh, okay. That's my two sentence synopsis. Two hot uh, shot cops with opposite methods get framed. They break out of prison and clear their names. Oh, wow. They shortened it for you. Yeah. The... But still. <laughs> I probably, I, honestly, I probably, when I was looking up stuff, I probably. Saw that, and then when I was thinking of Story the synopsis, it you know, unintentional plagiarism. But yeah, I guess without without um, the prison scenes, they, it would have just been them going for this particular person. Then they would have have some other reason to go for. Yeah, them. but, at least but you could have cut it out. Yeah, it, it was just, just the whole prison escape. part was just so wacky because like the prisoners are running around with the guards. What's happening? How is this a... I don't know. He's an 80s villain. Has to be over the top and I'm in control. <laughs> Let me tell you my plan before oh my I do God. it. Kind of thing. That's the thing. They kept pushing the whole game angle. Yeah. And But when he showed up in prison, I was like, okay. <laughs> you could have sent some people in for that. Yeah. But whenever you're like, oh, yeah, I'm just going here. I'll run the place. It's cool. I get. I mean, that's exactly right. Oh, but, my God. Who would want to... And then his buddy working there is just... Uh. <laughs> It's like, you're in the wrong place. You yeah. know what they're doing here? I'm surprised you didn't die earlier. <laughs> you know all this, but you're still, in the, you know, you're still helping them out. Right. You're but, terrible at your job. <laughs> <laughs> I think, and also, you know, they wanted a set piece, I guess. You know, they, just, oh, sure. they had, the, that, they the had to angle. throw the escape part and they had to have all the elaborateness. Yeah. You know, the whole, and I, I personally, as a kid, I thought it was so badass when they jumped to the power lines. Oh, yeah, yeah, that part was down. cool. You know, was yeah. like, I was like, like, that's where I got the idea as a kid. Like, I should try that one day. But they shouldn't have went to prison for that. They could have, like, captured him, and that was their escape from the compound. Yeah. Because that's basically what it was. It was an enemy compound. Yeah, they just kind of busted <laughs> out of it. They shouldn't yeah. yeah. But, you know, the trope of buddy, in buddy cop films, somebody's got to get framed, and yeah. his partner's got, like, I'm not going to let you down. I'm going to, we're going to get through this. Because they I can't help you too much, but <laughs> we're going to, you know. They didn't even show that, you know, the need for society to take them back at the end. I just jumped to the, the newspaper. Yeah, just like, hey. <laughs> they're back. Yeah, and they're hey! good. Everything's fine. Forget about everything yeah. you read in the past. They're not bad. It wasn't them at all. They're good. Yeah, sure. Yeah, but in a sense, I like that. <laughs> just wrap it up. That's the end. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it works. But I don't, in I don't reality, need to see them it doesn't in, like, work out. Kurt Russell marrying Terry Hatcher and uh, you know, yeah, yeah, the joke of true. him at the wedding, like, be my best man, yeah, all that. But <laughs> it works for me. But it does, you know, but again, uh, you look at the runtime, it's an hour and 44 minutes, which is for an 80s action film, that's you know, 14 minutes too long in, in, for sure, in generic yeah. terms. I mean, but I also thought there was some stuff that needed to be cut, so yeah. I mean, they, they could have trimmed this up and made it a much tighter, yeah. Film a lot of the prison stuff was just like because you could have left all that out because they got the name of the guy anyway from Face or whoever one of the other guys in prison, yeah. So basically, they should do what he looked like when Jack Palance shows up, 
So it's, it's one of those things, like uh, I mentioned before, like Paul Verhoeven states, like in Hollow Man, like he had all these scenes he shot. But you know, if you look at the, the narrative as a straight line, this film makes like a circle. Yeah. And it comes back to the point Cut where you circle. left. Yeah, you just take the circle out, it streamlines it, add in deleted scenes. You yeah. Know, that they, kind of they stuff. You can watch it later. Yeah, if you want to. Uh, but again, this film had a lot of directing problems, so I think a lot of that kind of stuff was probably just... They, uh, let me see, where do I have that so I can explain it better? Oh, here we go. Uh, the director, Andre K., because he has a Russian last name, he was replaced toward the end of, end of principal photography by Albert Magnoli. Uh, in his book of memoirs, uh, Andre says that the reason he was fired was because he wanted to give the film a more serious tone than the producers wanted, and as such, his relationship with the producer became unattainable, untenable, excuse me, and had nothing but praise. Uh, however, uh, Andre has nothing but praise for Stallone, who he states was a constant voice of reason on the set. So there was a lot of behind-the-scenes fighting going on, yeah. which uh, it seems like basically the director argued with the producer, so obviously this isn't the vision that the director had. But this film didn't need to be serious. It's, you know, it's a buddy movie. It, mm-hmm. you know, those are, even you know, Lethal Weapons, like, there's, they're dealing oh. with things, but it's still... I mean... Stallone had done so much directing. Normally, when there's another director on set, you're gonna—they got each other's back. That makes sense. Good point. Yeah, yeah, because they understand. They know what the hell they're going through. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Uh, so, I think a lot of the, like the choppiness and just random stuff in the plot that some, seems to happen, possibly could be attributed to some of that, or it couldn't. We don't know. We weren't there. But uh, nevertheless. It's just enjoyable. I, I I think Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Here's the thing. I don't think him and Stallone have like great chemistry because Stallone doesn't have that timing that Kurt Russell does. Like when they're when they're bantering back and forth, mm-hmm. Stallone just like, oh, so you do this. And Kurt's like, oh, you know, like he rolls like Kurt Russell's working off of what Stallone's doing. Mm-hmm. But a lot of Stallone stuff just falls like, Man. yeah. Which in a sense works for his character being like that dorky kind of you know, for lack of a better word, a nerd. Although he's you know can shoot the. Uh, wings off a fucking fly at 500 paces and is super buff and strong. Uh, but he's, you know, whatever. <laughs> but uh, despite that, it, I think it does, their, their slight chemistry, their off-kilter chemistry works because of Stallone being so just non-stereotypical, or at least 50% non-stereotypical from what he normally does. Mm-hmm. Whereas Kurt Russell's, you know, basically he's being a hotshot cop that's, you know, you know, doesn't have the the smarts that Stallone has, but he's got the street smarts. <laughs> so I think it, it 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 forms a dichotomy there that works. Although you know, if they would have some like Schwarzenegger instead of Stallone, it probably would have the chemistry, the time, the comedic aspect of it would have been a lot better. Simply because Schwarzenegger can do comedy, he's got he's got that timing down, at least in my opinion, uh, to where he can he can work when when he's in a comedy, he can work. I mean, he worked with kids in Kindergarten Cop with timing. You know, what I mean, yeah. and that I think that's pretty difficult for a comedian. Or a comedic actor to even do, right? Because then it's mainly on you. And I think I think he he has a, he has that gift to where, like Kurt Russell, he can do. Well, Kurt Russell's better at it because Kurt Russell can be in Hateful Eight, or he can be in Overboard, or you know, tongue and cheek stuff like this, and all all playing a different character, but a believable one, at that. So nothing but respect for either him and Stallone as well. But I think I could I could have done it with a sequel to this. This boiler room brawl. Also, they. Uh, <laughs> The guy stays in the shadows the whole time. Yeah. But there's no reason for it. Yeah, that's right. They just hear the boy, you know, like, whatever. And just in case you get out, I'm going to stay. <laughs> but they knew even. exactly who he was yeah. anyway. They figured it's... Yeah. You know, and I think, I think that's the 90s influence where a lot of 90s action movies tend to go. Yeah. To where the, 
Eight, a lot of shadowy bad guy. Basically, and then over convoluted plots. If you look at the eighties, Die Hard, simple plot mm-hmm. with a twist. It's a two tone plot. Oh, hostages have taken over Nakatomi Plaza. Oh, they're not hostages; they're bank robbers. Mm. You know. Oh, they're you know. It's, it's all means to an end. Oh, awesome. Commando. I got your daughter, Matrix. Yeah. You gotta get them back. You know, like, and there's no like dilly dallying with. Oh, we have to go through all this crap. Whereas a lot. Look at the action movies of the '90s. There's all these other stuff that like it's not just a simple plot. They got to throw all this other stuff in there, which you can say it's you know they try to do something different, and some of them do succeed. Don't get me wrong. There's some great '90s action movies. Terminator 2, True Lies. Oh, also because James Cameron did them. <laughs> but uh, and I mean, don't get me wrong. There's plenty of them. But uh, this, as far you know, the last '80s action movie, you I, I see a lot of what happens in this film uh, more so in the years to come in, as you get into the '90s. And I think that whereas it, you're having '80s stars do a night, this is an '80s '90s movie mm. and uh, a prototype for a '90s movie, I should say. In terms of, <laughs> didn't even touch it. Didn't him even in that touch kick. him. Yeah. <laughs> Watching the boiler room brawl yeah. on YouTube, but uh, nevertheless, it, uh, revisiting it, I found still found it enjoyable. Mainly, <laughs> it's way <laughs> off, very way much off. So. Uh, still enjoyable. I mean, Stallone, Kurt Russell, Kurt Russell alone makes it enjoyable with just his character and what he does and says in this film. And Terry Hatcher's very easy on the eyes, although she works at a strip club where she never actually strips even though the film's rated R, so whatever. Mm. But uh, anyway, some of the trivia, there's uh, actually a decent amount. Uh, when they escape from prison, Cash turns to Tango and asks if he stopped uh, for a coffee in a Danish because, you know, he got there late. And then Tango says, I hate Danish. That's actually an in-joke for Stallone because he had just broken up with Brigitte Nielsen, who's Danish. So that was a meta joke. Another meta joke for Stallone's Jeez. personal life. Uh, I mentioned the glasses Stallone wears early in the film wears his own he normally wears contact lenses uh, last film released in the 80s talked about the director oh yeah here we go when Byron uh, Brian James was originally hired to play Requin he was a very small role with only two lines in an effort to give the character something that would make him stand out James decided and badly in our opinion to speak in a Cockney accent but Stallone loved it and rewrote the script to give Requin a much bigger role <laughs> but also Stallone is fantastic at 90% of stuff that he does, but picking out good accents is not one of them. <laughs> so, anyway, yeah. You're a pretty boy, aren't you? I'm panicking. How'd you like me to change it for you? I wouldn't. See, that's me I in a movie you. being told to do an accent. <laughs> Maybe you first. You know, like, yeah, I watch Crocodile Dundee. I can do that. Oh, look at I'll me. I'm oh, from Australia. Yeah, you your bloody And tighten the lovely winds and not for you, eh? I don't want to tell That's him. Right. It's just like in Cockney too. Like you have to know, like you have to actually speak Cockney to be believable with it because it's so. It's like cage. Like people can be like, oh, she's your boy at home. Yeah. Like oh, you're imitating it. Like listen to a real person speak. It sounds nothing right. like that. Like it's it's so, you know you could pretend to be English, I guess, but you don't have to be. You don't have to be caught. Hey, I watch so much Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> and the big thing is too with a Cockney accent, you're not supposed to pronounce your C's. Uh, we were in England and we did a Jack the Ripper tour and the guy was somehow he was talking about like the area of town where like Cockney came from he's like you don't really say your C's so like oh, all right, uh, okay. maybe it wasn't maybe it wasn't a C it was, uh, 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 it's been so long I'm sorry I, I'm pretty sure like the C there's a, a vowel you don't, uh, a consonant you don't pronounce you just kind of skip it and that's kind of mm. like the trick and I thought it was C like, it's everything oh. but C yeah <laughs> oh yeah aunt, you shut your aunt oh yeah fuck fucking aunt 
I don't know, whatever. I, I can't remember. Autumn will remember, but she doesn't do this anymore, so I can't tell you for sure. But anyway, yeah, that's the reason he has that horrible accent. Uh, oh, uh, the, yeah, I mentioned uh, the scene where Stallone faces the oncoming truck was, truck was a reference uh, to police story in, from 1985 with Jackie Chan, who's a good friend of Stallone's, by the way. Uh, years later, after Tango and Cash, Stallone offered the role of Mr. Church, played by Bruce Willis in the Expendables movies, to Kurt Russell. Uh, but Russell declined the role, uh, which obviously was then accepted by Bruce Willis. Unfortunately, we'll, now we'll never see Stallone, I mean, uh, Russell in an Expendables movie, I imagine, because I think that series is pretty much done because the third one sucked. Unfortunately, it sucked in every scene that didn't feature one of the original Expendables in it. Mm. I didn't care about the young crowd. Like, we don't need Ronda Rousey in that film. I wanted to see Stallone fight Mel Gibson uh, and Harrison Ford fly off, you know, be a helicopter pilot. Oh, he's in Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah. Don't know who he is yet, so uh, it's a mystery. But hell Judge fucking Dredd. yeah. He <laughs> 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 should be Snake Plissken. Uh, <laughs> I, I would shit myself right. in the theater if like he's Snake Plissken in that movie. They somehow unite that universe. Oh, no, no, I'm talking about Sylvester Oh, Stallone. Oh. They're both in it. They're Tango and Cash. I'm talking about Kurt Russell. <laughs> what? Oh, that's even better, Jesse. <laughs> what if they're a team in the movie, <laughs> Bounty Hunters? That would be so awesome. And they're gonna make an inside joke. <laughs> there has to be. There has to be an inside joke. <laughs> but it has to be a tango and cash joke. Right. It can't be anything else. It has to be a tango and cash joke. That would be so awesome. I would. I, I could die happy if that happens. Yeah. Oh, that's so. That's so awesome. Because I remember. Uh, I, I do remember uh, Sloan was in it, but I forgot when we were talking about that. I remember Kurt Russell was in it too. See, and I knew Kurt Russell, but locked I it out that Sloan was in it. Hmm. Cannot wait. Uh, mentioned Kurt Russell was originally considered and offered the role of Martin Riggs in Lethal Weapon. Uh, he turned it down and went to Mel Gibson, who he worked with a year later on Tequila Sunrise. But his character in this film was loosely based on Martin Riggs with the mullet and everything. So I thought Kurt Russell pretty much had a mullet for most of the 80s. So uh, Mel Gibson did too. That was just a thing. Uh, there was a rumor that Schwarzenegger was considered to play Gabriel Cash's opposite Stallone as Ray Tango in an effort to get them together being 80s action heroes, but it, what, that wasn't true at all. Schwarzenegger was never considered. Uh, awesome cameo in this film as well. Well, I doubt you caught it, Jesse, but one of the monster trucks at the end of the quarry scene is Bigfoot. Oh. Which, that's the only monster truck I know. Yeah. Bigfoot and Gravedigger. Didn't have the, the paint, you know, it's paint job and all that. What about, but, uh, the, all those WWF ones that were around in the late 90s? I don't, I, I Goldberg I, had one, too. I've never been to one of those monster jams or anything. Well, but I, I mean, they were on the wrestling show. Oh, so. like, uh, well, I know, like, Stone Cold had his yes. drove it to the ring. Yeah, exactly. Stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But like in terms of like you know monster trucks, all, yeah, Bigfoot, Bigfoot and was always That's one it. I knew, and then Gravedigger. Never saw one of those, but I know you say Bigfoot. Um, first of all, I'm gonna think you're talking about the cryptid, and if I see you have a blank look on your face. Oh, you mean the monster truck? Okay, gotcha. I understand yes. exactly what you're saying. Hmm. Uh, what if uh, for this film for uh, Cash, when the, the first person offered the role was then other than the late great Patrick Swayze? Which, if you were making a more serious film, that probably would have been a better choice. Not that Kurt Russell couldn't do it, but I like the kind of loose cannony Kurt Russell, mm-hmm. you know, with the more, with a little bit less drop, with you know, tongue in cheek, so to speak. Uh, but I think Swayze could have definitely pulled it off. Uh, but I, w- that would have made a film the film much more serious, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, a bit. not that uh, Swayze didn't do comedy. I mean, he did Two Wong Fu, and that's the only comedy I can think of. But uh, I'm sure he could have pulled it off. But I think it, I think it was it was good the way it was. It turned out just fine with Russell and Stallone. I think they work well together. Uh, Score-wise for this movie, uh, back then in the 80s, I'd give it an 8. Today, I'd give it about a 7. It's still, it's still good, but it's, it's, not, it's not quite as classic as I remembered it in terms yeah. of, like, you know, larger-than-life, 
all that. Still enjoyable, but it's it's definitely almost a movie out of time, so to speak, because it just feels like I, I honestly know it was an eight. I didn't think it was an eight, eligible for the podcast, so I looked up the date. Mm. And again, it was by like eight days. Yeah, you know, so literally, this is the late. This is the last eighties movie that legally that we can ever do on the podcast in terms of well, date I mean, wise. you know, they usually come out every week. There's just got to be something that came out that next week. Next, the next release day was January first, though. Okay. So twenty. Oh, nothing came out. Let me put it this way: nothing came out. Actually, I'm not sure what day. I don't know if it was actually a Friday or not, but it's December 22nd plus seven is 29th. So yeah. I don't think anything came out that next weekend. Because when I looked at like box office mojo, like release weekends, uh, this okay. was the last like release. Now, of course, any movies that came out a few weekends after that were made in the 80s, but this was the last released film in 1980. Right. There was another movie that released that day, but it was nothing that anybody would know. I'm sure right. some people would know if they starred in it, but not for, the, for the people, you know, for our general information, this is the last film released in 1980, hmm. as far as I'm concerned on this podcast. Uh, you watched it recently, Jesse. What would, you know, um, we like different opinions here. What do you think? Yeah, it's definitely a different opinion for me because yeah. <laughs> I probably I'm somewhere in the five and a half to six somewhere in there mm-hmm. um, because of those complaints I had and yeah. also that last scene. As cool as all the action was, it was uh, it felt like they probably snuck some duplicate clips in there. Oh yeah, yeah. There there was an explosion. I noticed that was like. The same one. Yeah. Like and so. whenever you're having to double up on clips, you're, you're making it too long. Yep. That's, that's a good point. Actually, you know, this film reminds me of, it reminds me of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. A mm. whole, like, a whole, like, a whole lot of shit happens that don't need to happen. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Still enjoy them. A lot of good things to them, but there's too much fat. Right. Let's, let's trim the trim fat a little, a little bit, bit and you're going to have a, you know, a much better film. Uh, in the real world, December 22nd, 1989, uh, let's see, yeah, same day this released, uh, something really political, I think, uh, after a week of bloody demonstrations, uh, Ion Elascu takes over as president of Romania, ending the communist dictatorship of Nicolae Kezetki, who flees the palace in a helicopter to escape inevitable execution after the palace is invaded by rioters. The Romanian troops, who the day before had followed him, his orders to attack the demonstrators, change sides and join the uprising. Now, that's a film, that, a biofilm that should star Nicolas Cage right there. But he plays both characters. <laughs> hey, he got, a, he got like an Oscar nomination. Did he, did he win that Oscar? Cage, yeah. yeah for okay. what, Leaving so Las he, Vegas? Oh, is that what he won for? I'm pretty sure, wasn't it? I thought it was Adaptation. Oh, he was not, I think he was nominated for that. Nomin- yeah, that's why. Yeah. But he didn't win that one. He won. Uh, that's the thing, you know, Nicolas Cage, you have to remember, Oscar winner, Nicolas <laughs> Cage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> he was so good in kick ass. Yeah, I think that's, that, that's yeah, one of right. his underrated Like, he was awesome in that he movie. Was. And a cast of Troy mustache on that, too. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, back to the future this week. Uh, what do we see? Oh, uh, I saw another couple movies this week, both of which I recommend. One of them, a friend of mine doesn't recommend and had to go on a diatribe on Facebook about how bad it was, which is completely unjustified. But anyway, uh, first of all, uh, talking about nostalgia, Independence Day Resurgence. Jesse, you haven't seen it, so I'll leave it spoiler-free. Nope. Uh, like I told Jesse, if you liked the first one as a kid, mm-hmm. and if you've seen the first one recently and you still enjoy it, you'll like the second one. <laughs> it's, got, it's, it's a cheesy, silly movie. Yeah. But it's, again, I still like the first one. I don't like it like I did when I liked it as a kid in the theater where I thought it was the greatest movie ever for a time. 
you know, what, you know, I like, as I like, the first one is still fun. It's still a fun, entertaining, enjoyable movie. It's a little too long. Talk about trimming some fat, Roland Emmerich. But uh, <laughs> that notwithstanding, the second one, it's got its dumb parts, but it's got its cool parts. So, but uh, if you like the first one, if you like science fiction, it's worth seeing because you get a lot of, uh, I remember me and my good friend Jason Orso, after the first one, there was always the talk of the sequel, which of course, 20 years later, we finally get a sequel. Uh, but you know, the big talk was what you know what's left more invasion blah blah blah. But we always thought it'd be a big ground war. The ships would have crashed, and it's going to be like you know take you know killing the ones that crash. But the mo- I think being so long for the sequel, they do do a good job in that it takes place 20 years later. So you see how Earth changed using alien technology, et cetera, et cetera, and it goes from there. Uh, you know, again, check your brain at the door. Sure. Like don't like when a ship's as big as a planet. I know that would like destroy the planet. I mean, you know, gravity and everything, things right. happen. I mean, think of don't the staff. Ne- don't, uh, <laughs> what's his name? Neil deGrasse Tyson, this movie. Just go in and enjoy it for a, an, it's very 90s in terms of its structure as well, to use that phrase again with, as we're talking about Tango and Cash. And just in terms of like, you know. Look at the stars oh, in the background. They're not where they're supposed to be. <laughs> oh, uh, I couldn't watch a movie with that dude. <laughs> he's, like, en- he's just like our, like our, our friends that don't like the next movie we're going to talk about, like, just enjoy, like, you can't just enjoy those people just can't enjoy movies you know but uh but I uh, well we'll get to that in a second but yeah if you, <laughs> I would recommend Independence Day Resurgence uh, it's a good theater movie in 3D the, again the destruction effects are great you know in the trailer yeah. Jeff Goldman's like all they love to get, 3D yeah nice. all they love to get the landmarks uh, yeah you know they it's good it's fun yeah I mean, and again it's the same writers the same director and some of the pretty much everybody but Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum's girlfriend from the first one doesn't come back. Which the only plot hole they have is they don't mention her. Because hmm. at the end of the first one, you're pretty sure they're going to get back together, and then it's just like, oh, don't, they don't even mention her. But uh, if you like the first one, you like this one, I recommend it. Uh, the other movie I just saw earlier this week, when we were recording at least, was The Legend of Tarzan. Which. Uh, really? Yeah. I thought it was good. Not wow. great, but it was good. Hmm. Uh, so a good friend of mine likes to just bash on movies that they don't like without giving any reason why they don't like it. First name? You know who it is. <laughs> oh, I do? Cliff. Oh, he does? Yeah. I don't follow you on Facebook, Cliff. <laughs> well, you do, but they're hidden. No, I click oh, the yeah. unfollow. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. I should, too. I can only take some <laughs> of my baby to be pictures. Honest, everybody does. Yes. I, I unfollow everyone. Yep. I basically just see the groups I'm in. <laughs> No, but I'm not saying our friend's wrong in his opinion, but, like, there's no reason why. It's just, like, this movie's dumb, don't see it. Okay, why is it? Like, what's your oh, opinion? Oh, did he see it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Which surprised me, because they usually don't see movies too much. <laughs> yeah. And there's, like, I would have expected him to see Independence Day before Tarzan. All right. But, uh, first of all, it's directed by David Yates. The movie's gorgeous. Mm. Just the visual aesthetic of it, gorgeous. Uh the lead actor, I, I never watched True Blood. He's from True Blood. I didn't have a problem with him. He's a man of few words. Like, Tarzan doesn't need to, like, talk a lot, I guess. You know, which is fine. Like, I didn't have a problem with it. Uh, it takes... It's, it's cool because it's not like an origin story. It takes place, like... All the origin stuff is done, like, with quick flashbacks as he goes back to Africa after he's been out, like, civilized back to London or whatever. Uh, Samuel L. is great in it. It's got a great cast, first of all. Uh... Guy plays Tarzan. I don't have a problem with him, personally. Uh, Samuel L. Christoph Waltz is a villain again. Fucking Panama Jack. He's got the white hat and everything. Uh, I, no, I can't pronounce his name right, but Djimon Hausman 
Mm. You know, the black guy that's in everything, Gladiator, yeah. great actor, he's in it. And he looks awesome in this film. Like, he's got like this skin leopard like armor. He's the kind of, he's like, he's Tarzan's adversary. Mm. Uh, and then, uh, of course, the lovely mm, Margot Robbie as Jane. She's in everything these days. Jeez. And uh, <laughs> I, she, I think she is exceptionally beautiful, but she cannot act as good as she looks, in my opinion. And to me, she's, she's not bad in this film, but she's not like great. To quote the IT crowd, not great, just, mm. you know, good, just not great. Uh, but um, <laughs> monkey on the cover, that right monkey looks like, hey, oh, <laughs> no, you're taking that? a picture. But, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't know anything about this movie. Oh. I just saw the trailer. And I thought the trailer looked pretty interesting. A, because Christoph Waltz is a villain. And just, again, the look of the movie I thought looked good. Uh, don't expect Jungle Book quality animal CG in here because the animals aren't the stars. But huh. if you liked, I like, I mean, I've always, I don't like hate Tarzan. I've always liked the story. It's a classic story. Uh, but if you like Tarzan and you like seeing Christoph Waltz as a villain, it's, it's not a bad movie. What, what was that IMDb rating right now? 7.1? Yeah, it's better than Batman versus Superman. It's almost as good as Warcraft. <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, you know, <laughs> guy, uh, this is this movie's better than Warcraft. Uh, I personally enjoyed it. Now, of course, you might not like it, but if you don't like it, give, like just tell me why you don't like it. Agevisitgmail.com. Uh, also, should we note? Should be of note. This is the first Tarzan movie since the Disney cartoon in two thousand. You'll two, be in my heart. I think somewhere around there. Oscar winning. Uh, oh, what did it win? Song? Yeah. Or no, I'm sorry, Grammy. Oh, yeah. I could see that. Yeah. Phil Collins. It beat out uh, Blame Canada uh, for uh, the South Park movie. Oh, really? Yeah. That's the only reason I know that. Wow. <laughs> okay, yeah, that wrong one won that time. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, Phil Collins. <laughs> 1999. Oh, 99. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I said, what, Or maybe that was the Oscar. It won an Oscar. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, it was. And Golden Globe. It must yeah. have been the Oscar then. Yeah, because that was the year Robin Williams hosted, I think, because he performed "Blame Canada." Yeah, as the music, like himself. And yeah. Then, okay, so that was like. Uh, if you click on the 2000, I think it will. I thought Trey it might. Parker's one shot at the Oscar because they're probably not gonna let him back in for wearing the dresses and all that stuff. Oh yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure. I'm 99 percent sure. Was that you? Music of the heart. No, no, no. <laughs> Directed by Wes Craven, yeah. by the way. Yeah, that's true. But yeah. That's, oh wow. Yep. Actually, that's a really good year aside from the music and the heart. Because uh, Amy Mann's song from Magnolia, I think that's a great song. Mm. Toy Story 2, When She Loved Me, I think that's better than the, uh, his Randy Newman song from the first one. Yeah, You'll Be in My Heart should not have won that <laughs> at all. Yeah. Almost any of the other ones would have been a better choice. But definitely blame Canada. And I kind of yeah. thought it was a shoe in for winning because of the, the elaborate production they did for the performance of it at right. the Oscars. Like. Usually, like they do, like they'll do the award, and usually, the, like the last one to sing stays on the stage, and like, here's the award, you know, the Oscar is. Give me my award. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> but yeah, uh, in closing, you know, uh, if you, you know, uh, Independence Day, thumbs up, Tarzan. I personally give it a thumbs up, but apparently opinions are divided on that. Uh, but I don't think it's as bad as the people I know that have seen it are complaining about personally haven't talked to them about it to see what's going on probably never will because i don't need to waste my brain power doing it because <laughs> i have my opinions and they have theirs and you're not going to change it by talking about it as far as the movie goes but anyway let us know what you think agevisit at gmail.com uh, also at awesome pods on facebook and at awesome pods on twitter and uh the internet too at awesome pods.com hmm. mm, excuse me and of course uh 
This is a podcast. We believe podcasts should be free for the people. But our only currency is emails and reviews. So just let us know how we're doing. That's all we want. Just take some time while you're sitting at work. Take your shoes off. Relax as you're listening to my sultry voice right now. And mm. click on iTunes or Stitcher and just say, hey, I like this podcast. The end. Yeah. Five stars. I wish I could give this podcast six stars. <laughs> the end. Or one star. Trey annoys me to death. But then say, Why? Yeah. Just let us know why. Bring We're back Daniel. I wish. <laughs> I he showed up at D and don't know if I told you that like a few oh, weeks ago, like just randomly. He just sat there. Yeah, he, well, he played a character that Josh had brought oh, in the campaign. I told Josh I would do that, but he, he didn't call me. That's well, fine though. We have been playing like on Fridays a lot. So oh, yeah, it's board game night as well. That's like when I don't come to board games, it's because we have D and D scheduled that yeah. night. We are in the still in the Facebook groups. So you see when they post them. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's nerd talk. Sorry. Different oh, podcast. Oh, what happened? <laughs> but anyway, yep. Let us know. But then, as always, uh, you know, podcasts are always our podcasts will always be free, never a cost to you. We hope you enjoy them. If you do, just let us know how we're doing. We appreciate that. And also, if you have the time, if you like this podcast, mm-hmm. I like to recommend some other podcasts that I like, such as Now versus Nostalgia. Our good friends in Lafayette, John and James, give them a listen. And also, if you like to listen to some Way Under Down Under. The Asia Mania podcast, covering all sorts of Asian stuff. And the one thing I like about that, I think I told you last time, Jesse, is uh, they talk a lot about just uh, like wrestling and their movies, like Game of Thrones as well. So it's, all, mm-hmm. it's just interesting knowing that people literally on the other side of the world from us right now, same, same opinions. And, you know, it's just like it makes the world seem a smaller place, but also a better place because we all agree. Cersei Lannister's a cunt, <laughs> but she would do anything for her children. Uh. But anyway, until next <laughs> week, I don't know what the movie is. But we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Maybe we'll finally get around to watching Dune. It's a long holiday oh, weekend geez. coming up. Maybe I can fit in the three hours. Jesse, I don't expect I won't you be to watch to, that. Uh, right now, as people are listening to this, I might be in Florida. Oh, at that's right. Dice Tower Con. Come see me. Exactly. Of course, you're not going to be listening to a podcast while you're at Dice Tower Con. Well, no. They might, they might listen to it. Well, this will be out after that. Yeah. So if you were at Dice Con, <laughs> Jesse was there. Yeah. And you missed him. Yep, you missed your opportunity for a you know, selfie and a photo op. Yeah. Go see me at the 8th Summit Boot. That might be somewhere around there. Actually, if you want, last episode, you can put a little ad. Come see me. Nah, I don't care about that. <laughs> I'm actually putting this, we're recording this on July 2nd. I'm going to upload it today and see what happens. Or I'm going to probably, uh, for this one, Monday. Because mm-hmm. I've never uploaded something early because I'm worried it's going to go up early. Yeah, just to see how... But I don't have a choice this time, so Might time well. to find out what happens. Yeah, we were a week, we were a week, a week late, anyway, with yeah. last week's. Well, so, that one's still well, a few yeah. days, I guess. Not, yeah. So, Nothing yeah, we keep y'all happy. See that we 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 don't. You know, we're like, we're not some corporate entity. We're gonna jump. Oh, we no, don't release that until this releases. Yeah. We can't do that. We gotta maintain the plan. We're no. Letting y'all behind the curtain. That's right. The the, the beaded curtain that the you can already kind of see. But anyway, <laughs> thanks everybody for listening. And also, if you got a movie that you want done, uh, of course we had a request month a while back. Uh, I think since then we've gotten like two request like ideas, which of movies we've actually covered anyway since then. But uh, not as a Condor question, man. just because... No, no more... No, please, no, no. Ugh. There's tons of them God. out there. I mean, there, there are some bad, bad movies. And, and, I mean, of course, there are plenty that we could do for the podcast, but some of them I don't want to rewatch by myself unless there's a group and we can get drunk and watch some bad, bad movies like Black Roses or, you know, stuff like that. Eliminators. Man, I just loaded up... Uh, I just looked in... Best 80s movies in Google. I think we've, we've done, done like most, most of, of it. Go to the front real quick. Yep, 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 yep. 
Yep, yep, yep. I'm trying to see the first one that we haven't done. Yeah, if that's you what I was it. looking for, too. Uh, Stand By Me? No, we did that one. I uh, did that one. Um, I'm pretty sure we did. Double check that. We haven't done Raging Fast Bull. Times. I haven't done Raging Bull. Or Karate Kid. I don't think we did the first Karate Didn't Kid. Didn't do Karate Kid? No, maybe we did. 151 episodes. I can't remember the damn one. <laughs> Definitely didn't do Blue Didn't Velvet. do Weird Science. That's on my list, though, because uh, I was thinking about doing like uh, Blue Velvet, Dune, David Lynch films, Elephant uh, Man as well. Did Full Metal Jacket. Didn't do Heathers. Do Heathers. Didn't do, didn't do, do Airplane right yet, either. Did Risky Business. Yeah. Y'all can't see what we're looking at, so we're just babbling. Well, I told him with the Google. Oh, yeah. So if you're following along at home, not in your car, because it's dangerous. No, no, do it in the car. It's important. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but we done mo- we done the big ones. So yeah. now we're we're at that we're at the point after doing 151 episodes that it's time to do like you know, we've done a lot of the cult ones too because that's what I like, of course. But I mean, we've honestly done the, the biggest hits of the decade for the most part. I think last time you asked that, I said Strange Brew. That's at Rick Moranis. Oh yeah, that <laughs> comedy with uh, the, the uh, it's just something that no one's gonna think of. <laughs> yeah, well hey, that gets listeners. Somebody like. I wonder, you know, I love, I just, I, somebody ever done a podcast on this? Holy shit, there's an episode about it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Cool. Sounds good. Canada's famous hosers. Oh, yeah. Until yeah. the yoga hosers, you know. <laughs> They're going to take the crown. <laughs> oh, Rick Moranis. There's an interview with him, like, not too long ago where he was talking about, uh, I think they were talking about, like, Spaceballs 2. Mm-hmm. And how, like, he, was, he actually said he was going to, he'd be open to, you know, do that or something like that. So, there's hope. There's hope. Do the it. Schwartz Awakens. Do it while Mel Brooks is still yeah. standing. Dude's 90. Happy birthday. His birthday was yeah, recently. In a, recently. Uh, so 90 years old. That's, my grandmother's 92. Oh, and that's, that's fucking old, man. You want them to last forever, but they can't. Go out with Spaceballs too. <laughs> Even if it means at the end of it, dedicated hey. to Mel Brooks. Oh, my <laughs> Get it done. <laughs> Please. At least write it in... Or, yeah, if you can at least get it written. I'm sure he, I, mean, I know he has ideas, because even then, like, Spaceballs 2 is a search for more money. Mel Brooks, start a podcast and just tell us what <laughs> tell yeah, us the yeah, Give story. us the pitch. And then when we win the billion-dollar lottery again... Somebody go uh, make it. Uh, see, that, see that ad for the BFG? Uh-huh. Uh, real quick aside, last week we recommended... Gun. Yeah, that's what I told all. She's like, what does that mean? I'm like, well, to me it means big, big fucking, fucking gun. gun. <laughs> I don't know what it means in the context of this, because I never read the story. Big, big fucking f- giant. Fr- big friendly giant. A big friendly giant? Yeah, which I told her that's what it meant. You know, it's a, a big, big, fucking, big fucking, giant. fucking giant. But this preview played in front of Finding Dory, mm-hmm. and the, the trailer ends, and it's quiet in the theater, and a little kid goes, what's the F stand for? Whole audience erupts in laughter. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. One of those, you know, it was a genuine, like, kid, like, wondering. Yeah. Like he, the kid put it together, big... Giant. giant what's the f stand for <laughs> it's just something oh. <laughs> every person laughing thought the exact same thing yeah. <laughs> it was so funny oh, but anyway man. everybody we babbled long enough we'll let you get back to other other fine podcasts like the two we recommended as well so we'll talk to you next time everybody until then i remain trey harris yes essentially cowabunga This show and more on Facebook.com slash AwesomePods. And follow us on Twitter at AwesomePods.